Welcome to the Difference of 13 podcast, where we make a difference by doing it differently. Welcome to episode 27 wow, of the lot. Difference of 13 podcast. That might have just been our smoothest intro yet. Who knew we had so much to say for 27 episodes? Who knew? <laughs> but today, uh, this is for you. If you are in pain or have been in pain, maybe potentially for a while, and you're not sure if you should have surgery, maybe you've tried some other avenues, maybe... Maybe you haven't. Maybe you haven't, yeah. Maybe you mm-hmm. don't even know what avenues there are. Um, so well, our goal is to take you through um, kind of the thought process objectively and hopefully that is usable for you, mm-hmm. um, you know, as of in the next 15 minutes when we're done talking and you've arrived at whatever location you're driving to. Um, Terry will talk, she's going to talk you through some of kind of her process. That's probably the easiest way to do it. And uh, I'll, I've been through it enough. That you have. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so hopefully we can give you some insight here in terms of uh, if is it is it time to have surgery uh, or maybe you just went to the orthopedic surgeon first right off the bat and you want to know... Maybe you shouldn't have surgery at all. Right, because... Maybe that was the wrong first stop. Could be. Or maybe it was the right first stop. But uh, let's get into it. Right. Because, I, again, we, we have been so conditioned to think, well, if the doctor says it, it must be true, and I have, I have to do what they say. And first off, that is not true. You're a grown person. You have the right to choose whether or not you take their recommendations, because that's really what it is. It's a recommendation of what they think you should do. I totally agree. I actually had a conversation uh, with a member here today about you know having a you know a wrist issue and and going through and they actually had already scheduled a surgery and but you know, not for a couple of weeks. So we want to make sure that we rule out any other potential mm-hmm. reasons, whether it was muscle pain, uh, is it a ner- entrapped nerve. Uh, but there's conservative things that we can actually do in the meantime leading up to that surgery so that if she ultimately does go through with the surgery, she knows flat out that was the absolute best thing to do. I think that's that's the key is that surgery is your last option. You wanna, it should be, yeah. Hopefully be your last <laughs> <Hopefully>. option. <laughs> you want to try to exhaust all your other options first. And that's hopefully what we'll be able to talk you through um, here today. Mm-hmm. But before we do that. We must ask for a five-star review, yes. thumbs up, whatever you can do for us. We'd really appreciate it. Um, as well as you love getting questions, don't you? Questions, comments. Just so, general tips for how yeah. we can get better and deliver a better experience and more value to you. So. Or share your experience on the things that we're talking about. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, uh after that little plug, <laughs> why don't you take us through, I don't know, think of one of your 20 whatever surgeries, Terry, and take us through one that you kind of went through that whole process and maybe one that you didn't. And let's kind of chat about that. Um, I met years ago, I was kind of your typical sort of naive patient. Um, I was having trouble. My knee hurt. I went to an orthopedic surgeon because... It's a knee. It's orthopedic. That's where you go, right? Um, Fortunately, I lucked in and I found somebody who was really good. And he said, yes, you probably will end up having surgery on this knee, but let's try some less invasive things first. And I'm really grateful that he did that. I did ultimately end up having surgery, but 
I'm glad that we tried other things because then once I finally got to that surgery point, I felt like I had exhausted all other options because his attitude was, as you said, surgery should not be the first line of defense. It's, you know, yes, general anesthesia is much safer these days than it used to be, but there are still risks. Um, there's risk of infection. There's recovery time. There's cost. Don't even get me started on cost. It is not cheap to have surgery. Um, you lose time at work. You lose time being able to do the things you want to do. Also, sometimes it doesn't work. So some of the things that we tried before jumping into surgery was physical therapy, um, which was great because even though I ended up having surgery, I was able to go into surgery stronger than if I had not done anything. And that there's a ton of research that the prehab or mm -hmm. you know, prehabilitation before surgery or you know, strength training and physical therapy before surgery actually improves your outcomes post-surgery. So you'll see faster recovery times, less pain, generally speaking, um, if you actually do rehab beforehand. So that's, that is a side benefit that at the end of the day, if you do still need surgery, the icing on the cake is you're probably better off going into it than you would have been if you had just done it right off the bat. Right, because I had people tell me, you know, like, oh, why are you wasting time with PT if you're going to end up having surgery anyway? And I'm like, well, I don't consider it a waste of time because I feel like, first off, I'm making sure that the surgery is necessary, that we can't resolve this some other kind of way. But also, I will go into the surgery in much better shape. So it's not a waste of time. Right. Um, there's also, um, we tried some injections, which... For me, we're not successful, but some people do have success. Some people, that's that's the magic bullet for them. It actually takes away a lot of the pain, and then they can do the therapy mm -hmm. um, pain free. And when the injection wears off, they probably they don't even really know because they just feel better. So, right for some people, the inject injections actually are very helpful. Yeah. Um, for some people, anti-inflammatories can be you know in you know either off the shelf or prescription level. Um, again, it can take down the symptoms enough to where you can do some good PT, build up the muscles that will support if there is a joint that's not quite right. But if you have good muscle strength, then it'll, you can answer that far better than I can. I was enjoying listening <laughs> to you explain it. <laughs> Trying to figure out like how I know it intellectually in my head, but not so good at getting the words out because that's your job, not mine. I don't mind if you take that job. No, though. no, no. I do not have a PT license. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I think what Terry's saying is, you know, the stronger that your muscles are, uh, and strength is not everything. You can be really strong and still move terribly, mm -hmm. I think. But the stronger you are and if you're strong and moving in the correct ways, that supports the joint. And that a lot of the times can get rid of a lot of the pain too. Yeah. So, so in that case, you went to the orthopedic surgeon first. Mm -hmm. They referred you over to physical therapy. Um, you did the exercise route, the, you know, the manual therapy, all right. that sort of stuff. Um, and I want to, you know, reiterate if you haven't, if you're not sick of hearing me say this, if you listen to us every week, <laughs> um, if not, you should be listening to us every week, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> um, but not all therapy is created equal. And if you mm -hmm. are getting physical therapy, they should be putting their hands on you. They should be talking to you about the quality of your tissue uh, and not just giving you exercises on crappy tissue. Um, so if they are not doing some form of you know, active release technique, trigger point work, dry needling, uh, some sort of, you know, massage, like not like foo-foo feel good massage, like, 
it probably should hurt type yeah, massage. It's, it's not massage where you relax. You might cry a little. You probably okay. will sweat sometimes yeah, on the it's, table. It's okay. Um, but, you know, doing some <laughs> form of soft tissue work where that actually gets the tissue to be a bit more elastic, to mm-hmm. get to a point where it can then be more productive when you do your actual exercise program. Right. Um, those are elements of real physical therapy, not the puppy mill therapy where you see your therapist for 10, 15 minutes and your actual licensed physical therapist, not the aide or the assistant, um, you know, and then get passed off and you're one of three or four people in a room doing your exercises that you already do at home and getting charged $200 plus. And they <laughs> should, and I know this from listening to you all the time, that they should be testing before and after to see they should, yes. measurable improvement. Yeah, the pre and post tests. So if you go in with discomfort, they should measure objectively, you know, have you do something and ask you, you know, a, see how well you do it, whether it's measuring how far you go or how much you can lift, whatever that may be. How, uh, and then they should also ask you, you know, how bad did that hurt? So let's mm-hmm. say it was an eight out of 10 pain. And then they should implement a treatment, whether it was dry needling, maybe it was manual work, maybe whatever it may be. Uh, and then they should retest you. And if you can then go further or your pain is a lot less or, you know, that would be positive improvement and that helped you. Uh, in which case that would probably be a treatment that you'd want to pursue. Uh, if it doesn't, <laughs> then you need to try something else. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't test. And if they did, they would find that what they're doing is not moving the needle in right. terms of something valuable for them. If you've been going and doing the same thing and you're not getting better, something needs to change. And the timeline for that, my for an acute orthopedic, and like you wake up and your shoulder hurts or it's been bugging you for the last two to three weeks or two to three months even, um, you know, generally in a two week span, you should see some form of improvement. That doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, you're totally completely healed. Mm-hmm. And if you're, uh, we actually had a comment in one of our other episodes. I want to make sure I clarify, um, that, you know, if you have a spinal cord injury, <laughs> you're the two week rule doesn't necessarily apply from a pain standpoint, but there should be generally some form of improvement, maybe, you know, I'm using spinal cord injury, just that's a slower progressing right. rehab generally, depending on what phase you're at in that. Um, but, you know, you should be able maybe to sit longer and without right. support or, and that may be that you can sit five seconds longer. That's, that's just an improvement. Right. Um, you know, if you've had a stroke or something more neurological, you know, balance should improve. They should be using objective tests to measure how you're improving in the orthopedic world. I usually operate under a two-week rule and that if you're not improving in some way, shape, or form in two weeks, we probably need to look at adjusting something. Right. It, it, and I think that would be a good rule just to not necessarily say, oh, well, I haven't gotten better in two weeks. You know, we're done. But at, if you're not better in two weeks, have that conversation of why am I not better mm-hmm. is, you know, at least bring it up. So maybe if it is something more severe like a spinal cord, then you can have that conversation of, well, you know, the severity of your injury means. Right. You know, and your therapist or whoever you're seeing your clinician should be able to give you an, uh, an educated answer as to why, and that should make sense to you. But right. as the patient, do not be afraid to question and ask. It is your body, not theirs. They go home at night, eat dinner, their body probably doesn't hurt the same way right? yours does. <laughs> well, in um, looping back to the surgery, when that surgeon says, oh, well, we can do surgery and we can fix that. Be proactive and ask, are there less invasive options? What else can we try before we jump to that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think and make them define what fix that means. Right. Because, you know, you can go in and fix, uh, you know, uh, try to think of a good example. Let's say uh, 
a, a back and you have a disc herniation on, on MRI and x-ray and uh, maybe an x-ray shows degenerative disc disease. They do further imaging. You've got herniated discs and they can say, I can, you have pain in your, you know, down to your knee. And so, and you have a herniated disc that matches with that. So that's definitely the problem. If you haven't already done any of the conservative stuff and you go right to that, they can go very well, go fix the herniated disc and, you know, kind of clean up what your back looks like on imaging. That may not change your pain at all. If the pain was coming from, you know, muscle pain being referred from the glute right, <laughs> or an entrapped nerve in the muscles. Um, you know, I think that's where historically the medical community, we have not done well. And that's why back outcomes, you know, for surgery, you know, generally have been the worst in front terms of like 50% is if we, if you allow yourself to go have surgery based off of a purely a structural assessment. So they take imaging and then they say you need pain because, or you need surgery because you have pain and look how bad your joints look. That's not a smart way to do it. There is a lot of research out there right now that actually is saying, if you don't touch a back, like a herniated disc, if you look at it at you know year zero and then you look at it two years later on imaging, it'll probably look a hell of a lot worse. But their pain report, they probably don't have any pain. <laughs> That's so, crazy. So, so that doesn't make any sense in terms of if, if imaging is going to be the sole prediction right. of pain. Uh, pain is a nervous system response. Uh, structure can certainly influence it. And there's times where it does need to be addressed, like a total knee replacement would be mm-hmm. an example where – arthritis and the breakdown in the knee has gotten so bad or in the hip that, you know, a total replacement is required. But there are a lot of cases orthopedically where if you do not attempt to do conservative work first, you probably are getting surgery when you don't need it. And good surgeons, like what you said, will recommend that. If your surgeon doesn't or they balk, if you bring it up and they just balk at you and say, what are you talking about? You don't know. I know what I'm talking about. Right. I I do these all day long. Right. That's probably not the guy you want to go to mm-hmm. or the girl you want to go to. Um, and you definitely, I would always recommend you get a second opinion too. If you do yeah. get to that point where surgery is looking like it may be the way to go, always get a, at least one other opinion from another surgeon and, and ask and say, right. what would be the way that you would do that? Because you only get really one, you really only want to take one shot at it. If you have to start doing repeated shots, the outcomes get worse and worse. Yeah, I know all about that. Yeah, how many have you had on that knee? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I've had, let's see, total six on that knee. Yeah. So, and, and it's still not good. So, if I had known things back, if I had been able to listen to this podcast many years ago, things would be different. That'd be creepy listening to yourself talking right? six Ooh. years in the future. Yeah. I, I had six, I had no idea I would know all of this at some point <laughs> in time. <laughs> this was not the path I intended, but... You learn things as you go through this, and that's kind of why we wanted to do this podcast. Chris and I both have a lot of experience going through these things, and we don't want you to have to learn lessons the hard way. You know, Hopefully, we can share some knowledge that will get you thinking about how to take care of yourself better. Yeah. And question those surgeons, question those doctors. They, you know, and question the PTs too. Right, all your healthcare professionals. You have every right to question them. You have every right to ask them to back up what they're saying with research. And if they're not willing to do that, I would walk out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, feel free to Google the hell out of them. Yeah, <laughs> and I will tell you on the provider side that is quite annoying sometimes, but. I understand where it's coming from, mm-hmm. and I am always more than happy to take the time to answer multiple emails. Or and there's there's times where you, you know I beat my head on the table. I'm like, how many mm-hmm. times do I have to explain this? 
But at the end of the day, it's your body and it's my job to explain it as many times as you need to hear it. Um, and if at any point somebody is not satisfied with that answer, you are well within your right to get a second opinion to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to go out. And, and I think it's as a healthcare provider in the world we're in, it's our job to know what's on Google and to help you navigate what's good advice and what's not so good advice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, ask away, Google away, uh, I don't know, I guess at WebMD, whatever, whatever you want to do, you know, get as much information as you can and then ask your healthcare provider to kind of be the filter of which of this information is good and, and which maybe is not so good. Yeah. I mean, one of my my favorite surgeons, and it's kind of sad that I can say one of my favorite surgeons because <laughs> I've had so many. But he was always very reluctant to cut. He he was always like, let's think of other things we could possibly do. Let's do a less invasive surgery first and see if that won't get you good enough to do the things that you want to do. Um, there was one surgery where he sent me off to another state to see somebody he did a fellowship with and have him look at the situation and get his input. And then when I came back from that, they, they had talked on the phone and discussed, you know, what the other doctor had found. And he, the surgeon here said, I need time to think about whether or not I should do this surgery on you. And it was probably three weeks that he really thought about it. Probably every day for 24 hours. Right. For three weeks. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I admired that. in Because, I, you know, my friends go, well, maybe he doesn't know what he's doing if he doesn't have confidence. I said, no, actually, I admire that in him, that he... This is so important to him that he really wants to make sure he's making the right decision for me, not what would be easiest for him. So that's, to me, that's the kind of surgeon you want, somebody who's that invested in your outcome and not just a quick, yeah, let's fix your shoulder and it'll be great and, you know. Totally agree. Yeah. So it sounds like what we're saying, if we try to put this into kind of a system, just because I love systems. Yes. Um, <laughs> for, you know, for, for you listening right now who maybe you're just starting down, you've had your first injury or something has just started hurting, or maybe you're the person who's been dealing with this discomfort for a year. Maybe you've tried some of these mm-hmm. other, you know, steps that we've talked about beforehand and you're just, you're at your wit's end and thinking maybe I'm just going to pull the trigger and do it. Um, I think the list that we would put together for you to say, make sure you've checked these boxes um, would be uh, first, if you, let's say most people generally will start (laughs) with the primary care or go directly to the orthopedic. Um, You know, we're always big proponents. Go see your physical therapists first, assuming that they're good. Uh, So we're not all created equal in this world. Um, and, and, you know, your physical therapist for many people is where you'll end up after you see that orthopedic surgeon to begin with. So save yourself the time and the money and just go see the PT first, particularly if you're in a, a what's called a direct access state, which North Carolina is, is a direct access state. You do not need a referral from a doctor to see a physical therapist and you can, you don't need approval. You right. can just go see them. Um, and you know, most of the times if you're going into an insurance based clinic, just ask them and they'll walk you through how they work with insurance. If you're coming to a place like Par for Success, where we're what's called an out-of-network provider, uh, our contract is with you and you alone, and we do whatever we need to do to get you better. <laughs> um, so go to that PT first, uh, unless, of course, you've fallen. Or at least a good PT will then tell you to go get like an X-ray to make sure right, nothing's fractured and rule out, out the bad stuff. Um, so your conservative treatments would be physical therapy. And within physical therapy, we'd want to see... Manual work, the actual tissue being addressed, not just 
uh, actually had a conversation today with um, a friend whose husband's having some issues and they're seeing, uh, and this is not a jab at Kairos. There's <laughs> PTs that do the same thing. Uh, she happens to be seeing a chiropractor and all they're doing is just adjusting some E-STEM, CNX, you know, I think they're actually in them twice a week. They're not doing anything to address the tissue. They're not doing anything to help build strength around it. They're not even exploring why his injury occurred. Right. They're just saying, you're out of alignment. Let's put you back in alignment. Give you a little relief right now. Right. So it's a short-term solution. So make sure whatever provider, you're, there's some phenomenal chiros out there and there's some phenomenal PTs who will should, not should, they do approach it in a way where they're looking at, okay, you have this current acute symptom. I can fix that and move, move the needle on that because I've done a pre a, a test, I've done an intervention, done a post-test and you got better. So I know I can fix that short-term. Now I want to figure out why the heck did that happen in the first mm -hmm. place. That's the type of provider that you're looking for in physical therapy or chiropractor. Um, that's what you're looking for. So in that conservative treatment, they should look at your total body, how everything's moving. They should look at your tissue. They should be treating your tissue. Um, or if they determine, hey, your tissue looks great, we don't need to do it, then moving on to exercise uh, and helping to strengthen the movements as well as the actual whatever muscles need to be addressed um, that may not have been moving efficiently in the first place. Um, so that's kind of the first step. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't work, you sh hopefully your provider is educating you. You know, your next steps are you know, a little bit more invasive would be a non-operative orthopedic. Um, so looking at injections um, of you know, whether it was steroid injections or maybe it's PRP, you know, platelet-rich platinum some injections. If it's like a tendinopathy, like Achilles or right. Achilles tendinopathy, or maybe you have tennis elbow, something like that. Um, that would be the next level of an invasion, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from there, then you would start talking with surgeons. Um, if nothing has gotten better and we're kind of determined that's where you go, mm -hmm. then at that point, that's when you start thinking, uh, you know, make sure you get at least two opinions. Right. And yeah. don't be afraid to loop your whole medical team in on that conversation. Right. Um, I've had many conversations with patients and, you know, should I do it? This is what they said. This is what this guy said. A lot of the times I end up being the interpreter <laughs> and just helping the client understand everything that's going on. Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming when the surgeon, because they're having to see so many patients per hour, often they, they can't spend a lot of time with you. And they will throw out about a lot of words that I don't understand. So having somebody sort of go over it step by step is super helpful. Yeah, and I, in, in my opinion, that's kind of the physical therapist's job is to act as interpreter yeah. and just, and it's our job as healthcare providers to lay out, this is all the information. These mm -hmm. are the outcomes objectively. This is what could happen if we try this intervention. This is what could happen here and help you to kind of understand, Hey, this pain could be coming from X, Y, Z, which could be coming from this problem. So if we address this and this, then you know, that should help. If it doesn't, then surgical, you know, surgical intervention may be appropriate. So, I think conservative treatment first, that should include manual tissue work, that should include exercise, movement training. Mm -hmm. If that's not working, then you can look at a non-operative orthopedic. Um, that's generally going to be, you know, injection or, or something along those lines. Um, I guess also on that level would be you could look at, you know, there's other medical stuff that level stuff that the non-operative could look at. So I actually had a guy who had shoulder pain and hip pain and he was getting shingles. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so he got medication for shingles and all of a sudden his pain went away. Wow. Can you uh, imagine if he had gone in and had surgery? Yeah, that would not have been good. <laughs> that would have just been crazy. Um, so, you know, there can be lots of other 
stuff going on. Yeah, that that's where you need that, that somebody looking at the whole package, not Correct. just narrowing it on one joint. Right. So, and then I think at that point, you know, you've done all that homework, then surgery, really think of that as your last potential option and always get at least two opinions on that. Definitely. Definitely. Whew, that was a lot. It was a lot, but it's a big, it's a big decision that you should not just jump at. Totally agree. So we'll put those kind of steps in the show mm-hmm. notes. So hopefully if uh, you kind of went mind numb as I was going <laughs> through that, hopefully, you know, that'll be a good reference point for you where you can see kind of what your options are. And um, But definitely, you know, conservative first, then you're looking, uh, you know, holistic or like other options, right. you know, whether it be just overall medical health, whether it be, you know, inflammatory that you need more of like a medical grade type thing, medications or um, injections. And then at that point, then you're looking at, you know, surgical interventions, minimally invasive or total, you know, depending on what the issue may be. So I think that pretty much covers I think so. the questions people should be asking. Right. And if we didn't answer something, leave us a note, send us an email. Yeah. Well, and I think also we, we have a number of medical providers who are listening and a, mm-hmm. a couple that have commented that's where the whole making clarifying between a orthopedic issue and like a spinal cord issue. Um, those time frames are different in recovery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're a medical provider and there's other ways that you like and you have found like you like to use or other strategies that you found to be successful in helping people navigate this continuum and this experience, please put it up there. It's the more information that we can share yeah. uh, with the public in terms of how to know what to do and what not to do. All the better. Because we're always learning. That we are. So uh, next week, should we give them a little teaser about next week? Sure. Why don't you? It's, it was your idea for the episode, so. Oh, yeah. It was my idea. I forgot about that. Um, it, it's about, it's okay to be sad. You really want to listen to that, don't you? <laughs> How exciting. No, it's, it's, I think it's, it's an important topic that needs to be covered. Yeah, we'll talk uh, a lot about anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually had a personal experience after my open heart surgery with cardiac depression. Um, so you know, we'll be talking a lot from personal experience, but also from just uh, navigation of you know type of people that you probably should be seeking out uh, and other options that you have there right. too. So if uh, you have experienced it, maybe you currently are, or you know somebody who um, who is, uh, definitely tune in and hopefully uh, you'll yeah. learn a few things from it. So. All right. Well. I think that's it. Don't forget the five stars. Don't forget the uh, thumbs up if you're watching us on YouTube. And hopefully we will see you or you will see us and hear us next week. So hopefully you got to wherever you're going and we'll see you next week. Bye.